0: of London, you know. (laughs) Well, look around you, Diane. What do you see? Beauty. Yep. It's kind of dim this morning.
1: Well, I turned the lights down just a hair.
0: No, that's not what I'm talking about. Oh. I'm talking about the whole thing. But that's okay.
1: Okay. It's not the lights?
0: It's not the lights, Diane. It's something else. It's the it's the atmosphere. It's the it's the you know it's something meteorological. I see. Having to do with meteors and logic. But it goes beyond that, Diane. It breaks through into another realm.
1: <laughs> does it?
0: It yeah, it does. The dimness Exudes <laughs> otherness. Otherness is the child of beyond.
1: Are you saying we're in a parallel universe? No,
0: no. i what am saying, are saying I'm saying
1: it's eight thirty two a.m. Saturday, November the eighteenth, twenty twenty three. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's
0: the Bill and Diane. Mm. Show. <laughs> and that's really all I have to say about it.:
1: Nice conducting there.
0: Thank you. <laughs> it's uh you know, it's kind of gray, but that's the way I like it. That's the way
1: uh-huh, uh-huh. I like it.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Who was that? Who did that? Anyway.
1: Was that Casey and the Sunshine no, Band? No, I don't, no. I
0: hope not, but it might have been. <laughs> it might have been Casey and the Sunshine Band. Not a bad little turnaround there, but anyway. It's been a purposeful week. Yeah, I would like say abundance. that
1: that's, yeah, that's yeah. a good term. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's what it's been,
1: Diane. Over to you. And what that purpose was, was getting me to radiation treatment. That's right.
0: Making Diane, giving Diane that glow that she's so famous for. Kind of getting a charge on that glow.
1: Yeah, I don't have a lot to say about it, except that um, after every day, I was just like, and another one down, and another one down, another one bites the dust. Yeah, I just... And my, my paper chain, paper is, chain is looking a little noticeably shorter. shorter. Noticeably yeah. shorter. But I've still got, I'm still.
0: You're a third of the way through. Uh,
1: am I a third? Yeah. You've okay. done
0: two weeks and you've got six. That's a third.
1: Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, so far, I don't think I've had a lot of uh, side effects except for a um, little sunburn, a little little red.
2: Mm-hmm. Warmth.
1: Warmth, yeah. It's weird. The first time they that I had a checkup after the uh, radiation treatment, the nurse took my temperature and it was up, you know, and she didn't say anything about it and I thought, oh, it's because I just had radiation treatment. It's not... I mean, it was above 98.6 and for me that's uh, because I always tend to be a little lower in temperature than 98.6 but it was up like 99.1 or something like that I was thinking yeah radiation man but that's really all I have to say about that
0: yeah it's been kind of a it's been kind of a we've made a kind of a ritual out of it which I like and so that it's been for us it's been a delightful ritual driving down driving back and uh, observing the falling leaves and and all their glory
1: man and the leaves continue to be astonishing it's true even though they are they're sparser than they used to yeah There's much but sparser. still, there's a few trees
0: the, that are just. I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. Have them still seem like they've got all the leaves, and they're just. Bwah.
1: Yeah, I You know. And as we're driving prob- down, those are probably
0: plastic trees. Diane. Oh, I
1: you hadn't think? Thought of that. Oh yeah, the yeah. city
0: comes in overnight, changes and, and puts in a slightly different color. You know. I see. Yeah, that's how they do it. I knew there had to be a way.
1: But the leaves are just, uh, they've been a glow from the sunrise, too, hitting yeah. them while we we're going down. Yeah. And then when we get home, we tear off a paper link. and
0: Yep. It's good. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad, is what it is. It's, it's not, not bad. bad. But we're both kind of, you know, I think we're kind of waiting for a shoe to drop of some kind. Yeah. And somewhere along in this long process that we've got in front of us, Probably a shoe or two will get dropped.
1: Yeah. I, I've i already... Last night, because I really wanted to go to the Jim Page concert with you. Yeah. Um, and had been kind of planning on it until about midday. And all of a sudden I thought, what am I doing? You know, I, I'm trying to act like I'm normal, but I'm not normal yet. You know, I I still... uh, And the reason why I decided not to go in the end was... Uh, for s- actually several reasons um, The main thing is I was thinking Man we're going to be there at 7.30 And that's when my energy starts really lagging And uh, And I was I have been getting a massage From an oncology uh, Specialist Every Friday And I had a really good massage But it also You know how when you get a massage It kind of makes you feel a little like whoa Uh, uh, so I was thinking I just had a massage will I really be able to to sit in a room and listen to music and not fall asleep I mean that would be very embarrassing and so um, I decided yeah I'm not normal yet you know so I've got to just I've got to bide my time and, and let this passage listen happen to the body but um i'm glad i did because you went to the concert i uh folded out my little day bed in the living room just to watch some tv i was out immediately i just i think i saw maybe i don't know half an hour of the show i was watching at various points not at the beginning it was just like i was mm-hmm. <laughs> 5 minutes in bam so yeah. yeah but it's that's the thing that i think is hard during this time of the process because i'm right at that cusp that the doctor had told me that i would not feel much for the first couple of weeks but that i would in the next three weeks and so there was or and beyond even. Um, It's hard to believe that you are going to uh, be in this state and I think that throughout this whole time I've found it hard to believe uh, that I'm in this state (laughs) and so you want to to go ahead and do all the normal things that you want to do but
0: well, he didn't want to do that one, you know, ultimately. Yeah. And it's because you're paying attention that you didn't yeah. want to do it. And you know. But I had a good time seeing Jim.
1: Yeah. It was a
0: good concert. It was good to see him. Saw a couple other friends there. I hadn't seen him in a while. Mary Wellen was there. And, you know, Miro was there.
1: And Mike Buckman? Mike Buckman. Well, I... Uh, I did get to see a concert though this week. Uh, because Sam Weiss, our friend, um, did a Facebook concert online, and and she is in the central time zone, so it was even early enough that I wasn't falling asleep. Right. That was wonderful to yeah. have that experience. Yeah. And you went to the poetry break that night. I did. I, mean, I went to the open mind. I mean, pff, excuse me. <laughs> I went just, to the poetry break. Yeah. I go to the
0: poetry break every Tuesday,
1: Diane. Yeah, you did that on Tuesday, but yeah. you went to an open mic to read poetry on right, Wednesday. On Wednesday.
0: So I only saw part of the same concert, but it was good. It's good to see Sam. It was good to see Jim. These are people I've known forty years and you know, it's just good to check in. Jim and I are gonna try and get together sometime when there's
1: no gig involved. So, during this week, actually yesterday, Uh I was listening to a podcast from New York Times that was very interesting, and there was a question in it that I thought it would be interesting for us to talk about, because uh, it it was a podcast with four editorial columnists, and one of the editorial columnists had been a professor of political journalism and he said uh for this for this particular podcast he said all right so this week we're going to try something a little different it's inspired in part by an exercise i used to do when i taught an undergrad class on political journalism Every semester for more than 10 years, I kicked off the first evening of class by having each student share the answer to the same question. What is your earliest political memory? And why do you think it's stuck with you? Sometimes the answers were very personal, like I went to a rally with my mom or how I voted in my school's mock election in the third grade. But often they would kind of cluster together. So early in my time teaching, a lot of the answers were about there was going on something going on with the president and some girl named Monica and my parents wouldn't stop talking about or would stop talking about it when I came into the room and it was Bush versus Gore we didn't know who the president was going to be for a long time it was very confusing then it was 9-11 and that was the really dominant answer for years like it seemed to really kind of lay down a marker down on a lot of people and finally during my final years of teaching and this made me feel super old. Some of the kids were saying it was the election of Barack Obama. And so these editorialists talked about their answers and it was so fascinating to hear these people who went on to do things in the political world talk about their first memories of uh, their uh, experiences. There were two people that were from America the whole time and there were two that lived in other countries including the guy who was the professor he he had been in Peru and when he was young and his family had moved to America and then they moved back to Peru for a while and then there was a woman from Kenya who talked and their experiences were entirely different than an American experience and so that was fascinating to li- to listen to because the woman from Kenya her first uh, political memory was uh, there being a coup and and people carrying refrigerators on their heads out of stores and stuff. So I was just curious uh, because I had immediately a flood of things from, from my very early childhood uh, That were both personal, as he said, and um, different. And I was wondering if you have any things that come up for you.
0: What's the question again?
1: What is your earliest political memory, and why do you think it stuck with you?
0: This was... uh... Pre-kindergarten, the president's uh, helicopter flew over our house.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: On its way from uh, Boeing Field, I believe, to Fort Lewis.
1: And how old were you, do you think?
0: Probably five.
1: And you remember that?
0: Yes, distinctly. The next political memory is his assassination, which I brought the news into the house because I was in school, and the school nurse, I think, or no, the lunchroom lady came into our classroom and told us what had happened and said that everybody needs to go home. Yeah. So I walked home and I walked into the house and my mom and dad were like, what the hell are you doing home? School's not over yet. And I said, the president got shot. What are you talking about? You know, I was, wow. greeted, with, I was greeted with, you know, they were, thought I was cutting school or something. Nice and
1: drunk <laughs>
0: That's how they found out about Kennedy assassination. So, wow!
1: Yeah, uh, I remember that too. Uh, that
0: one, I mean, is more is more vivid, but I still remember standing in the front yard, seeing the president's helicopter fly over.
1: Well, that was the first thing I thought of too was uh, Kennedy's assassination, yeah. um, because. Uh, I remember also being sent home uh and that it was raining in Sacramento, and that uh you know Sacramento was often clear, and I was saying the skies are crying for the president too, you know, and then uh got home and I remember my mom was watching the news and with a very tense look on her face um about what she was hearing and and I think as kids, you almost feel when, uh, you feel like the president is somehow associated with the adult order. <laughs> like,
0: right, and when you see both of your parents crying
1: yeah. in
0: front of the television, you're like,
1: <laughs> "What's gonna happen to us all?" Yeah. I know. Uh, you know. So that's why it so stuck it's stuck with it's us, right?
0: It's an extraordinary circumstance. Yeah.
1: But another political memory that came up right away for me was that in fourth grade, my, my elementary school teacher, Mr. Wu, who I absolutely adored, mm-hmm. he encouraged me to, uh, to participate in the school elections and that I should uh, participate, you know, put my name into the, the ring. Now, I was a really shy kid, so I still don't know why he did that. But I decided to do it. And I remember my dad helping me make this, uh, you know, he he had me do some sloganeering. um, Like? Well, (laughs) he helped me with a speech. And I had visual aids with it. I had done this this. Uh, cut out a bank, um, like a safety deposit bank type of thing, with a a door that was folded so that it could fold out, and then you'd have the the treasure in the bank. And I was, you know, I was trying out for for uh, for a school treasure, and um, and I had a key, and I was saying something about. You know, I am the key to your, <laughs> it was, it was, my dad did the whole thing. I did not do it. But the thing I remember about that, that political exercise was that the whole time I knew I was not going to be elected because it was just known that the, the sixth grader, whoever applied for that job, would get it because they were the sixth graders. So it was sort of a, a futile <laughs> move. <laughs> and, but it did get me in front of that, uh, the school body. and. Uh, but I just thought it's so funny when I read that, or I actually listened to the podcast, I, I read from this transcript of the podcast. But that was the first thing that kind of rose to my mind. And I, you know, was sort of this mixture uh, because he had said it could have been personal or it could have been something global. But so the first thing I thought of was that the fourth grade treasurer <laughs> excavate and my dad, you know, helping me with this real sloganeering type of stuff. Wow. And... Um, And the idea that you would make up little buttons, you know, like out of construction paper, Diane for, (laughs) Diane S-C-H for (laughs) treasure, whatever. (laughs)
0: Wow. So did they actually have a, like a campaign in the school and did people give speeches and stuff? Yeah. They did.
1: Yeah. They gave speeches and that was my speech. And I think that my dad was smart enough to know that you're talking to elementary school kids so make it you know interesting with a little visual type of thing but I totally you know my dad was my campaign manager you know he he was a good campaign manager but then the other thing that I was thinking of uh, was civil rights Um, because well, you know, the Vietnam War, all of those things
0: that were on the news
1: that were on the news and and just uh, the look of tension on my parents' faces. yeah,
0: and I listened to my dad talking to my grandfather about these things. and my dad used to get the Kiplinger letter, I remember because his father subscribed to it for him so that he would have I remember I remember reading the Kiplinger letter and thinking, this is very interesting. My dad and his dad always talked about politics. And, and so it was around, but I mean, uh, you know, the the Vietnam casualties on the evening news every night and you know reports about what was happening in the south with civil rights and things. Yeah, it was well, a different kind of a uh news was presented differently
1: in those yeah, days. it Sure was. And you
0: you saw a lot more than anyone would let you see today.
1: Another memory, though, that I have very clearly from my elementary school years about the political process was uh, when Barry Goldwater was uh, running for president. Hmm. And a school kid that I went to school with was saying... Who's your? Who are your parents going to vote for? And I didn't know. I mean, my parents didn't talk to me about who they would vote for, and the the kid said, "Well, I sure hope it isn't Goldwater because you know where you see Goldwater in the toilet." <laughs> he thought he was really clever with that. Um,
0: what year, When were? Uh, how? What, what? What grade was this?
1: Well, let's see. No, I mean just I. I, I don't would've... remember. Well, um, anyway. I mean, I was in elementary school. Okay,
0: well, he probably was clever for his age then. That's all I wanted to say. It would have been 62, 63 in there. Was Goldwater was running against Kennedy?
1: 1964. 64. And I do not know to this day who my parents would have voted for, but I bet that it was probably... Goldwater because they were conservatives yeah I think my dad voted for Goldwater too so I was eight years old
0: okay But well that was pretty clever for an eight year old okay
1: yeah but yeah. Uh, yeah I don't know whether he got it whether he did it or whether his father oh well, he probably
0: heard it, overheard it somewhere
1: but I, I remember my, my political memory about that was how coarse the the Concepts were, yeah. you know. Anyway, it was so fascinating to me to read that question because. Here, this guy was asking it of these editorial columnists who decided to make that their career to talk about politics. And um, and one of the, the ladies responses really was interesting to me because. Um, it was Michelle Cottle of the New York Times, and she said that her first memory was of uh, the Ali North Iran-Contra hearings and that her she just remembered her father. uh, She said it was either her father or her grandfather kind of being all outraged that the Democrats were putting this fine um, hero into these hearings and um, and she said it was the first time that she recognized that there were other people who had different views and that was an amazing comment to me when you started thinking oh other people have different views about the same incident And I think that that is the the real interesting thing about growing up and going out into the world and just being presented with different families even, like going next door to my best friend Julie's house. And it was totally different than my family. And I remember... I remember distinctly feeling at that, that time like you, you know know—you're you've got your family and how they operate. You go to somebody else's house and you think, "What the heck are they doing?" <laughs> that isn't the <laughs> yeah, is the way. What's going on here? Yeah, I
0: remember going to the Hubers' house, and the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches tasted different.
1: Pardon me, I'm having a drink of coffee,
0: and I was like, "Wait a minute, this is the way." <laughs> oh, you peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> good coffee. Is supposed to taste. <laughs> But it tasted good but it was different
1: i know i that's looked at
0: it it looked like a peanut butter chili sandwich <laughs> why does it taste different it was because i was at the hoover's house yeah.
1: well my best friend and it smelled
0: different in there too Your other oh, I know. smelled different
1: i know like, that's one of the first things i noticed it doesn't smell like a house that's the first thing i remember <laughs> thinking when i walked into julia's house because she my best friend in in elementary school, she lived next door, really? so I went next door. Her parents were from Italy, right so they were making you know my her mom was making ravioli in the kitchen and um and they had pictures of Jesus on the wall <laughs> and you know things that were were just like wow this is so weird and so it's interesting because you could see how people get so tribal because they have their ways of doing things and even when in a marriage i think that the way that you get through a marriage is by finding how to compromise and accept various things you know we're going to have Everybody has to give in a little bit to to make things happen, so it was very I just found that to be such a fascinating program yeah. to listen to uh-huh. but not just from listening to their responses, although their responses were very interesting uh all in all, but just what it spurred in me. The memories that it spurred in me, you know, from the very personal, because yeah. uh, I haven't thought about uh, uh, throwing my hat in the ring for the school treasure for. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I thought about that. Yeah. Um, and and how that taught me something about politics, even though I was um, even though I was just a kid, that it taught me, oh, you've got to do something to gain people's attention. You can't just give a, you know, vote for me kind of speech. You've got to do something clever and yeah. have a speech writer. <laughs> because my dad was definitely the speech. I don't think I had a thing to do with that speech. <laughs> Not a thing. So, um but the other person who really interested me other than the Kenya, the woman who lived in Kenya and had the coup, was the uh, was the person who was the professor because he had lived in Peru, as I said. And he said that he had this real strong memory. Uh, he had three memories that he shared, but one was the one that was interesting to me is that a person who was a very intellectual, Author that the the professor had very much admired when he was a a kid um or he might have been a young man had decided to uh to run for president and the The professor was thrilled at this because here was this man of mind and he was uh an incredible philosopher and And uh, so he was really excited about it and the man lost and he said that the other guy was just a demagogue you know and he at that point in his life thought it gave him a bit of a feeling that the life of the mind and and politics didn't didn't match Hmm. and that you should have a healthy dose of skepticism about politics because as he was saying it was sort of mean and small and you know not of the mind and some of the political calmness were just like what what are you saying you know but but in a way it's the truth you know i just think for the most part that um it often doesn't match um as we have definitely seen recently in history but Anyway, we don't usually talk about political things, but I thought this was an interesting political question. It is interesting, uh, especially to see how much it influenced you when you were a kid. And the other thing that I had thought too was uh, about the hippies—the you know the hippie movement—that was a real strong thing in my family because. Uh, My parents were always talking in this very disparaging way about the hippies, you know. We didn't know who who the hippies were or anything, but then when we went to Cannon Beach when you were kids, the hippies had really taken to Cannon Beach, Uh Mm -hmm. and so they were wandering around all over the place at at Cannon Beach, including uh, this one couple who started a glass blowing shop, and... My brother and I actually loved the hippies because first of all, they would talk to the kids like you'd be on a path and uh, with your parents and your parents were kind of not even talking to these people because <laughs> and, and, and then they'd see you and unlike most adults of the day would say, "Hi, you know yeah. and we were like, Wow, an adult person is saying hi to me. But then when we went to uh when we'd walk into town, my brother and I would walk by ourselves into town and we'd pass by the glass blowing shop and it was so fascinating. So we went and talked to the to the uh Hippies. owners and they to the hippie owners <laughs> And they would talk with us, and uh, they actually let Gary blow a little bit of glass, and they showed him how to how to do it and they and we were sort of mesmerized yeah. by the hippies and to so to have that be in our family sort of this i when I was a kid, I didn't think of it as political, but now that I'm older, I see that that was a political friction between yeah. my parents and the hippies
0: <laughs> and I would
1: I would say that I probably um, became sort of a, a, a semi hippie myself so <laughs> some of that, that stuff sunk in yeah, yeah. some of that
0: stuff sunk in
1: I agree anyway.
0: that was an interesting time I think my parents were beatniks you know so it wasn't as rough at our house plus going out to fox island you know you were kind of oh do we got a little tribal out there so there were elements of
1: but uh, that's that's why i like this question because it suddenly made me realize all of the things that aren't you weren't really thinking of as political in your life, that really did have a political slant, yeah. like the thing about the hippies, or, or your parents being beatniks, or whatever. Yeah. Anyway.
0: It's a fascinating thing, man. Yeah.
1: So I wish I could talk to the other listeners about their experiences, and if they want to share, oh. I would love to hear about it. Actually. Oh, well, there you go. Because I just find this—I found that conversation to be so interesting um and i thought man this is the thing that's so great about this is even if you have no interest in political journalism or editorialism or whatever it's a fascinating question to ask people yeah. um so on to the music sure um this morning i uh I was thinking about my week in healing and this song came to me right away because of you, you, Bill Davy.
0: Me, Bill Davie?
1: You, Bill Davy. Oh. Because you have been so um, attentive and so loving during this very difficult experience from the start. And I was talking to my, uh, I got my bangs cut yesterday and uh, I was telling my, the person who cuts my hair about what, that you've been driving me every day and that you've been making the slathering of cream on me, a romantic experience. (laughs) Uh, And she said, what a good boy. (laughs) funny that she said what a good boy Um, she said he should teach a class to other husbands because a lot of women go through this experience alone Um, and I do not feel alone
0: well you don't live alone so it would be (laughs) kind of funny Uh,
1: but I just felt so, so grateful for it and I was thinking about um, this song by Doogie McLean called This Love Will Carry Me. Or I'm, I think it's This Love Will Carry. But I think of this song in, because he doesn't identify the love, you know, it could be anything, but I think about it both uh, spiritually, you know, mm-hmm. but the universal force will carry. But I also, in this case, think of it very physically about you and my appreciation for all you've done since August (laughs) or before. But anyway, that's all I have to say about it.
2: Thin line that leads us and keeps a man from shame. And the dark clouds quickly gather along the way he came. There's fear out on the mountain and death out on the plain. There's heartbreak. Take in the shadow of the flame This love will carry This love will carry me I know this love will carry me This love will carry this love will carry me I know this love will carry me The strongest web will tangle The sweetest blue will fall and somewhere in the distance We try and catch it all. Success lasts for a moment, and failure's always near. You look down at your blistered hands as turns another year. But this love will carry. This love will carry me, I know this love will carry me. This love will carry, this love will carry me, I know this love. are golden they must not waste away time is like that flower and soon it will decay though by storms we weaken uncertainty is sure like the coming of house forever this love will carry this love will carry me I know this love will carry me this love will carry this love will carry me I know this love will carry me This love will carry This love will carry me I know this love will carry This love will carry this love will carry me I know this love